Hello, my Hiramai. Kia ora, and welcome to a brand new year of the Shaw Vineyard Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and it is a pleasure and a delight to welcome you to 2019. Hey, uh, in January of 2019, we're actually doing something a bit different than we were this time last year. We've got two services every Sunday throughout January with environments for kids up to age 14 at 10 a.m. and kids up to 10 at the 5 p.m. service. So you can bring your whole family to either service. And it's worth noting that it's a 5 o'clock service in the afternoon, not 6 o'clock like it used to be. Hey, real quick before we jump into the message, don't miss our annual church camp out coming up the first weekend of March up in Parkery. You can book your spot right now by heading to svc.org.nz and just click on the What's On button to find our camp out. With that, let's get into the message from this past Sunday. So yeah, we're talking about how to get what you really want, which means we start with the question, what do you want? This is where you have to tell me what you want, what you really, really want. And I tell you what I want, what I really, really want. And you say, I want R, and I say, I want R, and you say, you want R, and then we really, really, really want to. Thank you for participating. (sighs) I was skeptical as I didn't do it in the morning because I wasn't sure if they would jump on board. But I knew, I knew the five. Would be, would be totally, it was either Spice Girls or Backstreet Boys, so I went with Spice Girls because I'm a 90s kid, and that's what you do. Three sisters, I know that whole song, but we're not going there. What do you want? What do you want? It maybe isn't a, a what, maybe what you want is more of a who do you want, especially if you are kind of fresh out of high school or kind of into the university and you're the single thing, that's like, no, there's not a what, but there's a who. I want. Maybe it's not a a what or a who. Maybe it's more of like a state of mind thing. You just want to be comfortable. You want to feel peace about a situation. We all have something that we want. And kind of what I want to steer towards tonight is this idea that whatever it is that you want, I don't think it's what you really want. You're going to giggle every time because you've got the Spice Girls song in your head this morning. Uh, You've got your Spice Girls song in your head already, but we'll go with it anyway. I don't think what you want is what you really want. And here's how I know this to be true. You got what you wanted once or more. And then after you got it, maybe it was immediately, maybe it was a few days later or months later or a couple of years later, you realize that what you wanted isn't what you wanted anymore. That what you wanted isn't what you really wanted. And now you have regret. And if you want an easy way to kind of sum up regret, it's really just you wishing you could go back in time to not get the thing or the person or the job that you wanted. That's what regret is. And the idea that I want to kind of get into tonight is this idea that there is a way for you to live with fewer regrets by not getting what you want, but for going after what it is that you really want. And so if you're the kind of person that hates this part of church and you are ready to dial out already and you're going to scroll through Instagram or play the game on your phone or whatever, you just want to jump to the pool at Vic's place later on, I get that. That's fine, but just hold on for 30 seconds because this is the truth that if you could grasp this and you could live this out, it could change your entire life. It could change everything. It's really simple. If we get what we want now, you may not get what we want later. And you just talk to anybody who's lived a few more years than you or is the next generation up from you and they'll tell you that this is 100% true. 
If you get what you want now, you may not get what you really want later. That there's something that sometimes happens when we get the thing we want, we think we want, it actually rules out the possibility of us getting what we really want. And I'm going to intentionally not do specifics. I'm not going to kind of tell you what you want versus an idea of what the, the really want could be because you've got to figure that out on your own. But just think about it for, for a second. You are where you are now in life because of how you or someone close to you got what they wanted. And maybe that wasn't what they really wanted. But that's kind of where you're at. We all at some point have undermined our future, whether we know about it or not yet. We have undermined our future because we got what we wanted. We settled for that instead of going after what we really want. And the sad fact is, no matter how old you are, and this isn't just a church thing, so if you're not really into church or not really into Jesus or God or whatever, but this is just true for everybody. This is a human thing. That if we get what we want now, we may not get what we really want later. And it doesn't matter how old you are or kind of how young you are or anything really uh, about your lifestyle. We all have this, this potential every single day to undermine our future, undermine our, po- our possibility of getting the thing that we really want. Here's the good news, though, that what you want and what you really want aren't necessarily that far off from each other. Now, I came across this phrase, lurking in the shadows of what you want is what you value is what you really want, what is most important to you. It's just, just kind of off on the periphery. It's sort of just out of view that when you've got the thing in front of you, that's what you want. If you could just look a little bit past that or just off to the side of that, if you could just scratch the surface a little bit and go, why is it that I want that? What is it in me that makes me want this? What, that is where you start to lead towards what you really want. And it's tricky because, and I know I speak a lot to teenagers, but I want you to kind of lean in on this. This is kind of falls into the category of things. I'm about to turn 30. I turn 30 on Wednesday. And this is one of those things that I wish someone had told me when I was 15 years old, like half my life ago. And I'm going through thinking of the things that I want or I wanted when I was 15. And I prayed the prayer that you've probably prayed where you've said, thank God for not giving me what I wanted when I was 15 because I've seen what that is now, or I've seen who that is now, and that's not what I really want, right? It's a kind of clear, it's, it's maybe a little mean, but it's true, you, you've done that, and so this is so true. If you can discover what it is you really want, what you really value, what's most important, it's not that far off, it's lurking in the shadows, and if you're, like, the sad thing for, for us especially, and it's not, it's not just if you're a teenager, but it is true for all of us, is that where you live, the kingdom of this world is designed to distract you from what really matters. It is designed to pull you away from what you really want. And the reason is what you really want is intangible. It can't be packaged. It can't be marketed. It can't be sold. What can be sold, what can be marketed, is what you want right now. But what you want right now isn't necessarily what you really want. And that's the tension that we all live in. You are you living in a, in, a, in a world, in a society, you're growing up in the microwave age where it's, it's designed to distract you from discovering what is most valuable, what is most important to you, and what you really want. And the kind of last big truth, and then we'll kind of dig into some, some Bible stuff, is that you won't really get what you really want until you discover that thing that it is that you really value. When you discover what is most important to you, then you are on the path to finding what you really want, and you will learn not to settle for what you just want, what you merely want, because you'll have your eyes fixed on what it is that you really 
want. Thankfully, as Christians, and if you're a Christian in the room, if you're not, I'm so glad you're here and you're so welcome. This is kind of not just a church thing. This is a, just a thing thing. Like, so this is true for you just as much as it's true for me. But if you are a Christian, we have the ace card in our pocket because we have multiple copies of in our phones, in our pockets. We have what Jesus said. We have what God said. And Jesus always, constantly, time and time again, pointed to value over want. Whenever he was talking to his disciples, whenever he was teaching anything, he was saying, what you want in front of you isn't what you really want. What you really want is further away than that. If you could look past what you want, you could really get what you really want, what is most valuable. You just got to look past this, past the immediate, look towards the ultimate. This is what Jesus taught. We have this. Like I said, we've got multiple copies of it. Maybe the words are written in red. If you've got one of those old school Bibles, maybe it's written in Klingon. If you've got one of the new fancy ones, it is. It's been translated into Klingon. So why then do we not get what we really want? Because if it's that easy, why don't we get it? And that's what we're going to talk about over these next few minutes. Because... Like I said, it doesn't matter how old you are or how long you've been a Christian. You can't pray want away. You can't necessarily Bible read want away. You can't, I don't think, worship want away. You can't Easter camp or church conference want away. This is ongoing. This is for me. This is for you. This is for all of us. But we have the trump card, so why don't we get what we really want? And it boils down to four words, and this... I think is just so great. Four simple words. Choosing valuable, in other words, choosing what you really want, goes against your very nature. It's unnatural. You think about it. Your human nature is not great. You think about nature in general. Nature was beautiful and nature is, is, is amazing. But nature up close isn't good. Nature is vicious and it is dangerous. In nature, in the animal kingdom, there is no concept of... Generosity. There is no concept in nature of forgiveness. It goes against nature to forgive. It goes against nature to extend grace. That's not natural. And we would all say that those things are values that we would want to hold, but choosing those is against our very nature. And you are not alone in thinking this. I want to talk about the Apostle Paul for a second. If you are not really a church person, Paul was a Pharisee at the time of Jesus in the first century. And a Pharisee basically was a rule-keeping Jew. His job was to make sure that everybody followed the Jewish law. And he would say that he was one of the best at it. And before he even visited the city of Rome, he wrote a letter to Christians living in Rome because word of what Jesus had done had spread of who this man was and the fact that he had died. And then some people had seen him after he had died. He had resurrected somehow and word had spread that this had happened. And so Christians had started, people had started following the teachings of Jesus and the way of Jesus all the way in Rome. And so Paul sends them a letter and about a third of the way through that letter, he writes something that I love because it is your human nature. It is my human nature. And you cannot look me in the eye and tell me that you have not said this. I do not understand what I do. This is my new life verse. Romans 7.15, I do not understand what I do. I do not, have you ever done that to yourself? You've done something and you go, why did I do that? 
Why did I eat that? Why did I buy more of those? Why did I text her back? Why did I ring him back? Why did I say yes? Why did I sign on for that? Why? I don't understand what I do. This is human nature. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, that's a strong word, for what I hate, I do. I know what I really want, but I have settled for less, and I hate it. And for some of you in the room, what you're hating isn't just what you do, but you are just fractions of a centimeter away from actually hating you. You hate yourself for what you do. And this isn't what he did, or what she did, or what your boss did, or anything. These are all first person. I want to do, I do not do, what I hate, I do. This is on me. I know what I really want, and I'm settling for less. Paul continues, for I have the desire to do what is good, what I really want to do, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, what I really want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this, I'm excelling at. This, I keep on doing. That guy wrote half of your New Testament. Aren't you glad? I have recently discovered that I maybe relate more to Paul than to Jesus. Jesus is the son of God. He's amazing and that's incredible. But I know this far more than some of the stuff that Jesus says. This is the guy who wrote half of the New Testament, planted a bunch of churches, was one of the leaders of our faith, the leaders of our movement, and he doesn't understand what he does. I don't understand what I do. Ever felt like that? When it comes down to it, what we naturally want, Paul is saying, is in conflict with what we ultimately want. What comes naturally to us goes against the thing that we really want. And so when it comes to getting what we really want, that's really difficult because it's in conflict with what comes naturally to us. Paul wrote another letter to a church that he planted in the Roman province of Galatia. And in it, he says this, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, and again, if you're not a church person, you could take sinful out and just replace it with human because it's the same thing. When you follow the desires of what comes naturally to you, when you get what you want, the results are very clear. We could just grab a whiteboard and you could just shout out, what happens when you get what you want? And no one would be able to disagree with anything we put up. Paul's like, I don't even have to give you the list. Because you know what happens when you get what you want. We're going to put the list up anyway. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, a couple of words that we don't use very much anymore. Idolatry and sorcery. Idolatry, putting things before people. We don't call it that anymore, but that happens all the time. Sorcery, trying to find a way to get power over people. Yeah, we don't call it that, but that happens a whole lot. Paul's not done. This comes naturally to us. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness. I don't know why I do it, but it is wrecking me. It is wrecking my family. It is wrecking my finances. It's wrecking my relationships. It's wrecking my career. I don't know why I do it. And this, all of these have the potential to undermine our future, to get in the way of us getting what we really want, what we ultimately value. These all come naturally to us, all of us. You could probably pick out a couple that you've got direct examples of, but all of these apply. This is our human nature. <laughs> However, there is a step, I think, that you could take to overcome 
this. To decide not to settle for what you want, but to really get into what it is that you really want, whatever that is. And to that we go to James. James, I always like to point out as the brother of Jesus, and it's worth you knowing that because we have a letter that he wrote, and you've got to know that being the brother of Jesus must have been difficult. And yet you've got now James saying, my brother isn't just my brother, he is my Lord and Savior. And so if we have, what would it take your brother to convince you that he, he is your Lord? Exactly. And so if we have a letter book, James didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was throughout his ministry. James is late to the game. James saw his brother die and going, it's a sad loss, but I kind of told you so, as all great brothers say. My brother's here, so there was a subtle dig of eye contact uh, at that point. But then James met his resurrected brother, and it changed everything. And so we have a letter from James, and in it, I think, is just this amazing word picture that really helps me understand this wrestle, this tension between what I want and what I really want. And it's in James 1. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and entice. When what comes naturally to us occurs, it's like we're being dragged away from what we really want. I had a great thing going, and then he dragged me away. An opportunity came along, and it let her drag me away. Or I let the badge of being busy and successful drag me away from what I said was most valuable and was what I really wanted. That old habit raised its head again. And it dragged me away. Have you ever thought about being dragged? We think of it as the pulling, right? Because it is something dragging you. But I don't, this is the, one of the first times I've thought of it as an away from thing. Being dragged from what we really want. And then after desire has conceived, this is a great word picture, it's conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. That is, sin kills stuff. Sin undermines futures. Sin gets in the way of us getting what is most important to us, what we would say is what we really want and not just what we want. And then James comes in with the hook at the end. Three words that are so applicable and so powerful, but so many people miss. It's unnatural to choose what is valuable. It, is, it goes against everything in you to go, this is what I want, but what I really want is this, and so I will not settle for this. James says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived. Don't think that this doesn't apply to you. Don't be deceived by what is right in front of you and settle for that when what you really want is just on the other side. Don't settle for immediate when ultimate, your ultimate hope, your ultimate goal is just on the other side of that. This is why I do what I do. This is why I am the youth pastor of our church. This is why I get up at four o'clock every morning and talk to tens of thousands of New Zealanders on Rima every morning for breakfast. Hashtag shameless plug. <laughs> it's because of this. Because nothing breaks my heart more than people being deceived and settling for what they want or what they think they want and losing out on what they really want and living with regret. That's why I do it. 
Because isn't this true? There's enough stuff that's totally out of your control that's going to get in the way of you getting what you really want. Graduating is going to be hard enough. Or financial situations are going to come out of nowhere and that's going to make it hard enough. But you have choices to make every day. So don't be deceived by what you want in light of what you really want. So I'm going to give you three questions as we wrap up. And if you want to note these down, you can. If you want to write these down, you can. But if you just want to think about them for a little bit, because this is the amazing thing. Like I said, the kingdom of this world is designed to distract you from this sort of stuff. You're not going to get this anywhere else. No one at work is going to pull you aside and go, hey, what do you really want? No one at school is going to say, hey, we're good friends. What is it that you really want? Unless you slow down intentionally and take a few minutes to go, what is it that I value? What is it that is most important to me? What do I want my character to be? What do I really want? You'll settle. You'll miss it. So here are your few minutes and a couple of leading questions. What do you really want? What do I really want? Think about it. At your funeral, when people give eulogies, what do you want them to say? Because you don't want them to list off your accomplishments. You don't want them to say what you did. You want them to talk about who you were. That might be a place to start. What do you really want? What is most important? And then, what's dragging me away? And you'll know what it is. But you need to name it. You may not be able to answer this question honestly to your parents. You may not be able to answer this question honestly to your partner. But you need to answer it honestly to you. This is between you and you. God and you. But something is dragging you away. And then here's where it gets practical. And here's the question that once you've heard it, you won't be able to ignore it anymore. How long? Or how much longer do I plan to let what I naturally want drag me away from what I ultimately want, what I really want? Five years? Ten years? Another season of life? Until I'm married? Maybe till the kids have gone? How much longer are you going to let what you naturally want drag you away from what you really want? Thinking through these things could totally change your 2019, totally change the rest of your life. Because instead of getting what you want, you're on to get what you really want. Let's stand and pray. God, thank you for this incredible opportunity we have every day, God, to choose what we really want, to go after what you value most, to go over, to go for what you have instilled in all of our hearts is of most value. God, we're sorry for the times we've got it wrong. God, my prayer is this morning that we would choose no more to be dragged away by what we want to potentially miss out on what it is that we really want. And so as we've got a, a few minutes before we wrap up, I wanted to 
make an opportunity for a couple different groups of people to respond. If you're here this morning and you straight away know what is dragging you away, and you have decided that it is now that you want it to stop, or you want to start making steps now to stop, I'd love to invite you to come forward, and I'd love to pray for you, and some of our team would love to come and pray with you and for you in that as some sort of public act of you going, that's it. I know what I value, I know what I really want, and I'm going for that now. I'm no longer going to let this thing, whatever it is, drag me away. And then the other group of people that I wanted to pray for is people maybe here for the first time, maybe you've been coming to church for a little bit, maybe you've been exploring this whole relationship with God thing, and all of this is new for you because you haven't heard, maybe you've been taught a thing of, well, God, a relationship with God is about you following rules, but actually hearing that God wants something for you, that your hope and your value couldn't necessarily be that far off from what God's ultimate hope and value for you is. And you could decide that actually a relationship with God and following Jesus, that's what Christianity is. It's following Jesus could be a great next step for you. And if you'd love to have that conversation and again, pray with us, we would so love to pray with you. So I'm going to allow a little bit of time. There's going to be some music that kind of pops on so it's not silent and awkward. And if you fall into either one of those two groups, I'd love you to physically step forward or kind of just nudge the person next to you and say, hey, would you come up with me? But as you go after what you really want, what God lays on your heart is what is going to define your values and your character. I pray that today you don't leave the same, just deciding to settle again for what you want. Thanks so much for listening today. Hey, before you jump into the next podcast in the queue, just a quick reminder, did you know that we host all of our messages on Facebook Live every Sunday? So if you're away for the summer holidays or if you maybe listen from outside of Auckland or even outside of New Zealand, you can always catch us live every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. New Zealand Daylight Savings Time or on demand, of course, whenever best suits you. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash shorevineyard. So you can track that out there, facebook.com slash shorevineyard. With that, have a great week. I hope to see you next Sunday in person at church, either 10 a.m. or 5 p.m. throughout January or, of course, right back here on the podcast. <laughs>